Welcome to the Heroes of Reality Podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. What is the future of education? What do you think is like for the young kids to grow up with the technologies like virtual realities and the internet? Are there new ways to learn, grow, develop skills, and ultimately get jobs and, and build one's ability in this world? Well, on this podcast, I have a very special guest. His name is Rohit Chaube. He has been an enterprise software consultant most of his professional life working with Oracle products. He caught the AR VR technology bug in 2015 when he participated in one Tech Week Kansas City 2015 hackathon. Once bitten by that VR bug, there was no looking back. After participating and winning multiple hackathons, it was time to spread the word about this new technology and how it can change lives forever. So without any further late, I'd like to welcome Rohit. Hey, hey. I'm, uh, I'm excited to talk to you about one of my deep passions, uh, something that has I've been, I've been doing since 2014. I've been teaching um, virtual reality hackathons. And so I am super excited to talk to you about all things hackathons and yep. what that means for the K through 12 educational system. Um, yep. So uh, please, I'd like to first kind of open up to you and talk to me a little bit about your, your journey with hackathons. Absolutely. Um, so like, as you mentioned uh, earlier that I, I initially started with the hackathon in 2015, mm -hmm. not having much idea about what a hackathon would be, just sounded fun. And there were some bonus prize incentives that were on the table. So a bit like that. Okay. Extra money. Who, who doesn't want to do that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, just, just uh, hung around with a couple of friends. And at that point of time, I was really new to VRAR in general. Um, and I think DK1 had just come out. So one of my my colleagues had had the device and something like that. And the very first experience I had was just creating an environment uh, uh, in Unity. It was not too fancy, but just a simple environment. And then the real issue started when we started integrating it um, with various, uh, various pieces and the headset and everything. And then the computer was not good enough to handle the processing power and all those things. So <laughs> the typical issues with the hackathon and yeah. everything is going to go wrong. And suddenly within the last one hour, everything magically comes together and you are able to, to you need to put it together and you need to do, go march forward with it and make, make your presentation. So, so that's what we did. Uh, it was a pretty mm -hmm. cool idea. Um, it, it was that in 2015, we were, so the, the idea was we had a stationary mountain bike mm -hmm. and we, we were using the headset and we had somebody, uh, create a pedestal and everything so that we can take the readings out of the bike, um, at that point of time. So based on the movement, you are changing your environment accordingly. Um, I think it was like really early at that point of time. Yeah. It was 2015, right? You're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Back in the day, then were you were you devin on the DK one, the development yes. one? Okay, yes. okay, so okay, and that no. So back in the day, you had to have a computer to be able to run that. You had like the Tuscany demo, which allowed you to go into Italy's villa and walk around. And then yeah, we're trying to get that thing to work at a hackathon because I had a number of hackathons with the DK one kits and stuff. 
And you're right. It barely works. It's like you make this this amazing masterpiece on on the computer, right? And you're trying to get to work. You're trying to get the build, and it doesn't work. And then time runs out, and you're basically like, okay, I've got this. I got this. You know, uh, this sculpture. It's almost perfect, but we're gonna have to cut off one of its arms to get this thing to work. Okay, great. Cut off one of the arms. <laughs> ship it. We're good. It's out the door. It works. It functions. I'm happy, right? And that's so much of the hackathons is just trying to. There's that magic of trying to force you along that you you kind of have that that constraints create the creativity that allow you to kind of get some stuff done. Um, yep. And and so you, you talked to me about, you started doing the 2015 hackathon, you won that one at Tech Week, right? And then yep. can you talk to me about a couple more of the hackathons as you did your journey, maybe some interesting um, virtuality applications that either you, you made or you saw along your journey? Absolutely. So yeah, like um, the, the, the one in 2015, that was pretty open. Nobody was doing virtual reality. There were a lot of mobile apps related. Mm -hmm. Uh, presentations or teams were building out applications. But uh, yeah, we did a very innovative um, a VR app, which was very really new and similar to what you mentioned about. So, so the environment was like, because you have, uh, this is a mountain bike, so we had all these mountains and everything. And at the end, we just had a flat land and you <laughs> like <laughs> through it. So just, just to make things easy and simple. Um, yeah. the, there was another one where we tried to mix uh, VR, AR. So, so the following year, um, we did the hackathon where um, we 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 wanted to use medical related. So you have um, we had where the doctor can um, visualize or see uh, a brain and then identify cancerous cells and all those things. Mm -hmm. And then you had um, we had a gurney where. Um, through an AR barcode uh, or an AR code, you can identify where the issue is and kind of use. So, so trying to mix both the things of showing VR at the same time, AR as part of an application. So, so that was one thing. And I think if I remember correctly in 2016, it was probably um, USC or one of the other um, medical schools in California that were actually using it for their doctor training. Was that, were you at the USC hackathon when you did that? Uh, no, this, that, so that, that was our reference. That's oh, what we, got it. And we are like, okay, this has been used. So we should probably create it just, we just expanded out to not just doing that training piece, uh, but also uh, the, the AR element to it. So, so kind of creating a mixed reality application um, uh, for the hackathon. So, so that's what we did. Mm. Another fun one was, um, so this one was in St. Louis. It was pretty big. Um, I think there were a million dollars on the table. Kind wow. of a it, it was huge. And that, that was our biggest attraction. It's like, oh, the million dollars, that is awesome. We can do this. Um, it was regarding homelessness. And so we had all these fun ideas related with homelessness and how, how how we can have these VRAR kids being, being stationed maybe at some of the public places where a homeless person can come and learn and all that stuff from a training side of things. Um, so that that was a big picture. But when, when we went to, um, to location, um, uh, they read out the problem statement more in detail and they had partnered with some of the homeless um, shelter mm -hmm. in St. Louis and the 
the, the requirement or what they were looking for was more related with uh, either operation side of things or um, bed allocation mm. and those kind of things. So, so very uh, web or uh, smartphone application kind of. Yeah, they're, they're more looking for like a, a web, like a 3JS uh, web version of the thing that allows you to be. Um, some people confuse the term when they say virtual reality. Um, and right now with the whole metaverse craze, there's two two metaverses. Well, there's multiple metaverses, but one is the virtual reality. I'm inside VR. I have a headset on virtual reality. And then there's the crypto people um, who has mostly web platforms that you can walk around with like sim style on your PC that you can then buy and sell stuff, which is another version of what they call the metaverse. So sometimes it's confusing um, when you go to sign up for a hackathon and some people are thinking web web portal application no headset and some people are thinking only vr um it can be it's a little it's a little confusing for those for that communication um one thing i did notice though and talk to me a bit about this some of the things that you're talking about right so you had health and uh, fitness right biking right which yeah. i do i i totally i can totally see i was gonna make all these mountains and crazy paths and obstacles and choose your own adventure and multiplayer and it'd be amazing flat road 100 yard dash that's what we're doing like that's I, I, I know that pattern. I've seen that pattern, and it's it's and I I, I approve of that pattern, uh, and it's fantastic. So, but you're you're talking about first the the exercise, then the next one was medical, right? A medical device. Yeah. I, I love it also cross technology, augmented reality for data overlays. You can get contextual data that stuff. VR for the immersive learning. There's a lot of great stuff you can do there. The crossover, and then you and then you shift it over again to homeless. And where you thought you were going to go in with VR, but you, you got bamboozled, bamboozled with a web app. So I get it. But if there's a pattern of this kind of transformational kind of technology piece where it's health and fitness, medical, homelessness, which is social impact. Uh, do you talk to me a little bit about this? Did you, is, there, is that an intentional trend of signing up for Hacks for Good also involving immersive technology? Or where does that come from? Um, so I think, like, as I said, I mean, we, it was more started off as a fun thing to do. Mm -hmm. And then it was the the group. Since you, if you start winning, you are like, oh, this is fun. This should be. You should do more of this kind of a deal. So so that's that. Those were some of the incentives. But um, there were a couple of ideas which we would either think beforehand before going to the hackathon. So so every time we we had these planning sessions where we would think about these ideas beforehand. Um, and sometimes it worked. Um, and sometimes you you just get. Blah, bam! <laughs> it is nowhere close to related to what yeah. what they are looking for. So so either you you just walk out of that place or you stick around and just just do your presentation till the end. Um, so yeah, I mean it it was fun and as long as I did it. But I think the the, the bigger fun started happening when we actually started organizing these and getting the students, generally high school and middle school students to actually build out and get a taste of Hackathon. And um, just 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 that fun piece of it. When did you start doing your own Hackathons? Um, 2017, fall of 2017 is when we actually started. So, so yeah, I mean, it was like, I think the St. Louis one was a, a big bummer. So that, that kind of like, ah, uh, maybe we should not do it anymore. And, <laughs> Even before that, I had been associated with education. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I don't know if you're familiar with Junior Achievement. Um, they are, yeah. um, so the, I mean, it's it's um, at least over here and I'm in the Midwest and maybe in other places also. So they, so Junior Achievement and Organization, I think they're based out in Colorado. 
And um, what they do is um, they bring in professionals uh, to teach real world skills to, to school students. Um, these sessions can range from four to eight weeks, once a week kind of a deal. Students have it fun because there is somebody else coming into the classroom other than the teacher. And then you get to share something from a real world perspective. So I, I had done a few of these uh, related with personal finance, entrepreneurship, uh, I mean, not a huge difficult topic, but it was fun to do it mm-hmm. because like, I think one of the, the uh, entrepreneur one was that uh, the group of students had to create their own um, business. Mm-hmm. So students come up with an idea, then you you have, they have to elect a CEO and the, the executive team. And then they have to, in the next couple of weeks, they need to, to build up on that idea. Um, and then eventually they they have to, like, I think by the end of 10 or 12 weeks, you have to dissolve the business kind of a deal and whatever the profits are supposed to be, I think they have to be distributed or goes back to the school, something like that. Um, That's cool. And, and then um, your, your background, I know you were working at Oracle. Um, now, was that in terms of, were you on the biz dev side or were you on the development side? How did you come into the hackathons? Like, I'm, I'm curious to understand that piece. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, I have been working with Oracle products. Um, mm-hmm. Even now, I, I work with Oracle products, ERP side of things, where you mm-hmm. are implementing for big customers, um, either related with data collection or some of the backend work, um, whether mm-hmm. it's DBA related or creating applications using whatever the toolkit is. Um, I primarily work around the supply chain modules. So inventory purchasing all those things um fun stuff that's that's what i work on <laughs> um, but um the the hackathon piece was just as as i said it was an accident um like yeah. tech week was really new in kansas city i think it was the first year it was being hosted um the organization that i was working at they were one of the sponsors and they were looking to to kind of like showcase their software talent and all that stuff. So so they had an incentive of like uh, I think there was uh, five five grand on the table that that were prizes, and they were like we will match it up uh, if you if you get the top prize. So they're like wow, yeah, what, what, what better, right? Let's, let's go, guys. Let's go. <laughs> but, and there's something super fun about that, especially if you're in the development space of you have a job to do, right? And there's generally, you go in and out, you got to work on that job over and over and over again. But coming to a hackathon, it's like you're you're free to go play again. It's a, it's a, it's a throwaway. It's something that you can kind of get into. You can try something that you've been itching to build or something that you think is fun or could add value. And that's one of the great things that it's like, you know, it's like, it's almost like you in your real job, you're building a skyscraper and you're laying those bricks and you're on, you're on like, you know, you're on floor number 13 and you've got like 70 more floors to go. And then, and then you get invited for a weekend to go build a sandcastle. So you get to go run off and go build a sandcastle real quick. Go and make that go, oh, that's so much fun. I don't need to worry about it falling on people. There's not people in the building. I can just build it and it can let the sand wash it away, the waves wash it away. You know, I think that's one of the greatest things about the hackathon. And I felt like it's, you know, I thought it was one of the, some of the magic. I mean, like, what have you, like, for you, that what was the magic for you? And what are the things that you think is the magic for these kids going through it? Um, so they're like, I mean, I think the, the fun part, as you already mentioned, it's like mm. nothing exists. And within yeah. a certain time frame, a quick time frame, you are transforming something and building it out. Mm. Um, I think one of the, the biggest example that comes to mind from a hackathon perspective is Twitter. Um, 
so twitter got yeah. evolved from a hackathon uh, and it's 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 a pretty amazing story um related with it so so again like there are all these amazing ideas i mean and what even when we are working with students is like we say the, the hackathon is just the, your prototype stage and then beyond the hackathon is when you actually can build something substantially but that quick we start turn around where like a lot of times we are just like oh i need to think about it i need to work through it i need to make time for it but when when that team comes together for the hackathon you with the energy that is magic that happens and and you you will see around um, like like the one which i was mentioning about the st louis one there were about 1000 participants we were all stationed in um, a baseball stadium uh, not a baseball a basketball uh, arena was it all was it all vr or was it it was vr plus everything else as well uh it was everything else we were yeah. thinking from a vr perspective but like From a, no. from a hackathon side, and they had it at three tiers, so they had a high school level, a college level, and a professional level. So it, that makes it, sense. Yeah. So it's it's just a straight hack. Everything can hack everything, and that's that's what yeah. I was wondering because I've 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 been a part of some of the bigger hackathons in VR. I think we only got up to like four hundred and something people. Like I was like a thousand is a massive. The internet yeah. bandwidth that you must have in order to have a thousand people trying to YouTube the solution at the same time. is massive massive so uh there's some people that people don't think about uh when they when they put those things on um so that's cool man that's a that's got to be a, that's got to be a really special thing to be a part of a thousand people running yep. around and being able to see it and be involved in it um so then you're you're talking about that you so you got started with the um the the junior what is it called the junior something program So junior achievement was prior to 2015 uh, mm-hmm. I was already associate from an education perspective but that was my idea related with education and VR and trying to combine that and mix yeah. in the hackathon element Yeah it's a two focal points right so you had before before the hackathon you you understood that you could educate kids by having real world skills you were in a hackathon so you saw the fun of that and so you put those two pieces together so that you can kind of at the same time say hey why don't you have fun and build a portfolio of work so that when you get out you can go and have a job somewhere right that's kind yep. of the game plan yeah yep. that, that, that was the game plan and it was um, quite interesting to sell the idea to mm-hmm. a lot of school <laughs> uh, superintendents um, because yeah. like what is vr that was the first question what is these headsets and what is a hackathon even right now i get those questions uh but we have come a long way and uh, headsets have come a long way uh since the first one that we did in 2017 yeah I mean, talk to me about that then like um talking about like selling the hackathons into these schools the education the process because this is a this is a whole mechanism system right this is a it's kind of a flywheel of innovation and this one thing that yeah. I've noticed from participating and and running these types of things talk to me about how to like your experience of going like you you brought the first idea to the first school and talk to me about the 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 progress that you've made since then yep um so like um the the, the whole connection with junior achievement kind of helped me uh, mm-hmm. lay some connections and foundation at schools um that was quite helpful um some of our hackathon work that we did was uh, Uh, was helpful for us from a demo perspective where we can say like hey look at this this is a real world application that you can build or showcase and so so that was the connection we were able to do um through some contacts we were able to 
get that where we can show it to others. Uh, so so this, there are these, um, I think, educator conferences that keep happening on a smaller scale over here. And we, we got to, to come in and showcase it. So some of the educators tried it. Um, still very skeptical, but they are like, okay, fine. And we we kind of uh, put them in these saying like, we will provide you all um, the, the help and support um, that, that you would need. Um, during our hackathons, we have generally professionals come in uh, to help students from a technical side of things. Um, and there are a couple of tutorials also on our website that that we we get them so that they they just like get understanding of oh this is Unity this is how I can go about building it and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, our focus to them is always to say like don't worry about the VR piece. Think about more from a broader perspective of a solution. Um, so our challenges are related with some real world problem and you need to bring out a solution. Yes, VR can be a key component of that solution, but it's not the only piece to it. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, it's been interesting. It was quite interesting to, to, to talk to these educators and, um, and I mean, and kudos to, to some of the, the progressive educators who are very open to that initial idea. And mm-hmm. I think the, we, we, the first one that we did, uh, we got some media coverage through it, um, which helped us in the long run in the sense where you can showcase it to others saying like, this is what we are doing. So you want to join in. That's awesome. Yeah. The social proof is huge, especially with the media coverage. And then to be able to show case studies of like, Hey, here's little Timmy. Timmy had an idea. Now he's got a solution and he's an entrepreneur. Like that kind of thing is, is amazing. Small stories really kind of get that point across and, you can have a, we want to solve this problem or we're trying to, you know, have a focus. Like we did a lot of themes, like we did, you know, VR education. And I remember this guy came in with a uh, skateboard and a Wii controller and hooked it up to the VR headset um, back in the, back in the day. And uh, he was surfing and then he'd dodge sharks. And if he ran into a shark, he'd explode. And, And I was like, this is great. How, how how is this VR education? Where's the where's the education? He's like, well, it's it's he's like it's obvious. He's like, the sharks are dangerous. If you run them, you could explode. And I was like, I was like, fair enough, fair enough, sir. Let's just, just carry on. And, and so you can you can you can guide people into the direction. But you know, you're right. Is it? It's a it, when you do solve something with it, it's super cool. But sometimes it's just people having fun playing around. You know, yeah, which is neat. Um, so talk, talk to me about the support network of what needs to go in before and after these types of events to create success. What does that look like? Um, so it, it can get really hectic um, mm-hmm. because, I mean, we try to do our events twice a year, um, one in fall, one in spring. Um, and by the time you are done with the fall event, your spring one is already lined up or you want to line up that event. Um, we do it December and April. Um, so for a fall event, we would, as the school starts in August, September, we will start making our connections to the educators uh, that who have been part, past participants. Um, I mean, and initially it started mostly local, someone who is close to the Kansas City area and everything. In 2019, uh, that's where we got some interest from remote. Um, so we had a, an educator in Germany who, who 
somehow saw some some interest in it and he 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 was he is a job geography teacher mm-hmm. and he he's like i still teach vr and this looks pretty cool i would like my students to participate um so we are like okay how are we going to do it and we we had it them participate virtually um and somehow it it laid foundation for the post covid <laughs> or covid related hackathon we had we had to do things virtually <laughs> so so it that one was a little crazy because we had two teams that were remote and most of the teams were local so so trying to do that entire presentation is locally that that was difficult um, but yeah i mean that that's how we start is this like start start showing get gathering interest from educators mm-hmm. where we want to do the hackathon uh, also try to get a connection where what the topic is going to be because as i said real world challenge or problem uh, that's what up key focuses so trying to get that interest going also whether it's from an industry or non-profit organization that might be keen and interested to to sponsor the event uh, now try to put these two pieces together and we kind of give uh, mention it to the schools uh, is like the problem statement is going to be a surprise so you will not get to know any details about it for that kind of a deal they are able to make some guesses based on like where we are having the 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 hackathon and those kind of things um but yeah i mean it it requires that constant communication with the educator yeah. um to, to make sure they have a team i want to i want to expand on that a little bit so you said that you go in the hackathons with ideas and things you want to build but then you don't allow other people to do exactly what you did and then because if it's not what you think it is then you basically shut down you go well we're not participating because my amazing idea i can't use and so i'm either going to just sit around and stare at people or i'm going to leave and go home early i've noticed that in just this conversation like we had the greatest idea it wasn't the thing we wanted so we're like ah whatever we're out of here we're leaving so is that one of the reasons why you don't announce to them what the hackathon is? Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Because I, I have some, I have a uh, opinions about this type of stuff. So, but please, like, let's let's expand upon it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, um, uh, you brought up a really good point. We we went with that mindset, and that that's that uh, that could be one of the reasons. the The main reason that we focus on is to give all the teams the same starting point. um so so there is no like there might be students or teams that might be better skilled or maybe have have more exposure or have the devices and stuff like that so so when we give out the problem statement on friday morning that's that's the the clear start for everyone everybody is starting as a clean slate um i am i am not getting your audio um what about for teams What about teams? Do you allow for teams? Um so yeah they they can form their teams they can understand we kind of give them a range of how how many team members should be there those kind of things uh, we also say that not everybody has to be a developer on the team mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you kind of assign roles and stuff like that um we on generally our approach on so our hackathons are 3 days friday saturday sunday friday is ideally meant we 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 ask them that friday is reserved for just team formations and ideation and those kind of things do not focus on any development work um on on day one um you can start it nobody is going to stop you um but our our goal is like 
any new team that is coming on board just 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 make comfortable with what the problem is think about what your solution is going to be and try to see how your team is going to work uh, what are the roles that are going to be there and those kind of things um start doing your research mm-hmm. so so getting them comfortable i think that's that's the key and then like on saturdays when they they would start doing development so yeah just to give them all a same starting point that's the key reason we say Uh, no no details with the product no i i i agree with that there's there's mixed feelings i've seen we've done teams no teams we've done things like that what happens if you do if you do you can't come in with a team like it's usually what happens is that developers will clump up and so there'll be there'll be five 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 developers that are all working together on one team and there'll be a team filled with artists that have no developers and so one person comes with the whiteboard another person comes with you know this crazy back-end code cross-platform thing uh, that that's overly built and doesn't do a damn thing. Um, generally, generally speaking. Um, but so that's why I, but, but, but some people like to work with their friends, but then it's like the purpose for like, but the question goes, what's the purpose is the purpose to solve the problem is the purpose is to do cross cross pollination, right. Or is the purpose to, to form stronger bonds with your friends as you guys go to a hackathon and build something you think is cool for you. What is ultimately the purpose for you and creating these, these K through 12 hackathons? Um, so, f- I mean, firstly, is just getting familiar or getting mm-hmm. a taste of VR, AR. I mean, yeah. there might be students who, who might have already tried it, but getting a taste of it, building out a practical application through mm-hmm. through this process. And thirdly, having that confidence towards the end that, hey, within a day, day and a half, we were able to do something, we were able to present it, and there was some feedback that we were able to get. So. Um, a lot of times we have seen the judges be very surprised with what the students have done. Um, and that is a good validation that these students can can do really, do really well uh, with these technologies. Are there any, can you think of the, the, the hackathons? How, so first of all, how many hackathons do you think you've ran since 2017, 2000? Um, so we did about, we just finished our seventh hackathon uh, in December. And we have another one lined up in September, uh, in spring. So maybe in April time frame, we'll have another one. Cool. So, so out of those ones, what have you seen that's been surprising? Because there's, because out of hackathons, you do usually get like, you know, one or two, like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Uh, can you talk to me about any of those interesting things or innovations or concepts that you've seen come through the hack doors? Yes, absolutely. Um, so the very first one that we did, not having much idea about it, schools didn't have much idea about it. Uh, we kind of brought in the topic of education and how, if you imagine the future of education with VR. So, so that kind of on the similar lines um, that, that you mentioned earlier. And uh, we kind of focused on topics from sixth to eighth grade. Um, so mm-hmm. so that, that seemed to be there. And we were quite surprised with what, what came up with. So the, that is generally considered the middle school, uh, mm-hmm. sixth to eighth grade. Uh, so one of the schools kind of did, um, they had a, mm, uh, uh, I, I don't remember what the application was, but I mean, it was like a, um, a, a room, uh, maybe a, a student room or something like that. And there, there are things uh, all over the place. Uh, or they are kept in a place. And then you have this giant red button in between. And if you press on it, then the room becomes messy. So now the object is to keep back the objects where they were. And their reasoning was that they did research uh, related with it. And it seems that middle school students are really messy. 
So their idea was that to have a game where you can uh, teach them the skills of Messi and keeping neat things. So 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 through a VR that, game. That's cool. Like you know what? It's uh, you know I, I love the creativity in these these events because I never would have tried to do anything like that. Uh, and you, if you look at it, yeah, I mean, turning something that kids hate to do into something that's a game, which is like pick up the room as fast as you can. This is a meta game that parents always try to trick their kids into. Hey, let's, let's play the quiet game. Who can stay quiet the longest? Let's play clean up a room game. Let's, let's play the take a nap game, right? Those are all games that parents try to get those kids to play. But if you could actually make it fun and then they get in that pattern, that habit, they could then translate that pattern or that habit into the real world. So I could see it as being an immense benefit and probably would lower, would probably, you know, add a couple of years to parents' lives if kids just had the clean rooms, you know, and they could just do it. So that's pretty cool. It's a pretty yeah. cool concept. So yeah, that that was one. And there's another one which yeah. which one of one group of students did for the same hackathon was uh, light theory. So you had these giant guns where you would shoot, uh, there would be these um, paintball like balls coming out and, and they would get reflected on a wall and depending upon the the, the, the wall color the the light would get reflected or refracted and then you, you are learning those technology or you're learning physics through through using that so that was pretty amazing I mean like I was very surprised with that one that's cool man that's a cool one because what's really good the, the thing about the education system today, is that a lot of it's really it's funky and backwards right like for for example you can you can read a book on what it feels like to be predator and prey and you can read what it's like to to be a prey of a shark and how big the shark is and you can read those things um but there's other ones because i've heard you know people actually making experiences and taking them to kids of being what it's like to be a fish in vr and having a shark chase you you get those primary senses a lot quicker a lot better a lot more intuitive by being a fish being chased by a shark uh, than you are been reading a textbook about how prey and you know, pre predators chase prey. And so you're talking about this intuitive sense of learning through the experience of how physics interacts in an environment is, is uh, probably one, one of the best use cases for educating people in VR, which I think is super cool. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so that that was one pretty amazing. Um, another one, which uh, uh, so as I said, I mean, our different hackathons are based on certain themes. Yeah. Um, so yeah. One of the themes that we did was in relation with the construction industry. So, yeah. within the construction industry, there is an aging population, and our goal was the students would build out a VR app that would get them or their friends interested as a career to choose into construction industry. So that, that was the goal behind it. Um, and we had uh, the, the, the regular ideas of um, wrecking ball and those, those kind of applications. Uh, but one of them that they did was safety related. So, so they had uh, that uh, you have to, like if you are heavy, heavy machinery equipment or even something, so you need to follow these safety related tutorials. So again, somebody like what? What are the safety-related gloves? And so, I mean, a very simple application, but something which is applicable across the board, uh, whether you are operating a heavy machinery or maybe a, a heavy equipment or anything like that. You mm -hmm. would that that would be required, right? Yeah. I mean, safety training is required. So, so again, that that was a pretty good one. I guarantee there's some OSHA training VR applications out there. 
Um, what I'm curious about is what happens when they didn't do the safety thing? Like, was there anything gory and messy and awful if you accidentally? You know, do, do well, you I, I don't think so. They, so they didn't have that much time to do. Uh, you didn't get like a rod in the eye where you lose an eye and then one of your, one of your camera lenses goes out and you can't actually see. You know, and then, then you got that fake eye thing from like Harry Potter with that dude walking around the teacher thing with the eyeball all wonky. It looks like one of those dolls. Um, no. OK, well, you know, here's hoping. Um, so that, but you're right. That's a, it's a very practical, tactical use sense. And, and, and safety applications makes a lot of sense because, I mean, some great use cases of, v, of VR are things that are rare, risky, dangerous, difficult, expensive. All those things are all really good use cases. And safety in the construction space uh, is, is, you know, a lot of with the VR training is like, if you can show an ROI on it, then it makes a lot of sense to go and build and do and create. And, and you can easily go back and say, hey, this is how many people, um, uh, like I know there was one that was like a training for uh, electrical poles, like the, the electricians goes up in electrical poles, right? Which is a great use case for VR. And I guarantee it's already out there, but it's like super dangerous job. You can electrocute and kill yourself. You're trapped in a little play space box, which is perfect for virtual reality. So you can move around that environment and do stuff. You can get fried and die. The company can get sued. So this is why you should pay us money to build your VR application, you know, for the for the edge cases. So I think that's a really good. I could see that transition from just hackathon concept to actually rolling it out into full product. Um, yeah. Did you? So you 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 just mentioned that, and that yeah. that's what happened in this particular hackathon. So we we were able to showcase it to some of the uh, I think some of the trade um, associations over here, and they really liked it. And they had an event coming up in like four months or so. So they are like. Uh, we'll give them some incentives. Can they continue working on the projects? So four of the teams continued working on it. And one of them was related with like uh, climbing a radio tower. <laughs> so 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 we had a, um, one of the, the 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 electricians come in and he kind of given that the the entire harness that that you need to wear when you're climbing on these towers and that that harness itself is like maybe about eight to 10 pounds. So, I mean, that that's what the students got the feel of it. Like, it's like you, you're not wearing just this VR headset, but now you have to wear this harness and now you want to try climbing it. So, so it, it gave the real feel to it. And then that, that was pretty good to, to showcase it to all these trade associations that these are the applications that you can build. That's awesome, man. And, and it's a really good use case. It's a way to have fun, but also provide value. I mean, VR is still at that point where it's fun to play with, right? It's yeah. fun to like try things out and, you know, whether you're climbing a tower um, or you're, you know, you're, you know, flying through the air or cleaning up even if it's like, if you could make cleaning a messy room fun, there's like, there's some magic in that technology. Like I gotta tell you, there's some magic there, which is so cool. And you're right. And creating a path for after the hackathon happens to inspire people to, to give a damn, to keep going along the path of building things. It's like, well, why continue that the event's over? But if you do show this to trade organizations or you show this to other groups of people that go, yeah, I think that's great. I'd invest in that. I'd support that. I'd build that or whatever it might be. Um, I think there's a lot of immense value. Have you, uh, do you now, knowing that you've seen that as a pattern, do you now actively look to, to, to match up problem statements with industries that then now look that would be serviced by that solution and then get them in front of your the applications that get created? 
Yes. Um, so yeah, that like I mean, our our approach for practical real world problems that has been there from from our initial hackathon. Um, but I mean, like as uh, the technology has progressed and more applications have been built, um, there is pretty much, if you think about an idea, there might be some rudimentary solution from a VR perspective that might be already out there. Um, so, so I mean, it's it's getting difficult, but at the same time, we have been able to make these connections with uh, some of the things that are already being done around uh, the area. Mm-hmm and then try to match it up with a, a good problem statement that, that we think the students would love. At the same time, the sponsors would enjoy uh, to, to get those inputs in from the student perspective. So that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons is to continue the project along. Another one is to help them build a portfolio of work so they can get jobs. Right? That's yes. the other the other main one, right? So you go, okay, here's this. So do you help them with getting job placements or anything as well? Or what does that look like afterwards? Well, so yeah, I mean, like coming to that, the, the construction industry one. Um, so mm-hmm. we had like one of the, the students, um, he, he could, they continued, they had a HVAC um, repair um, solution for it. Great use case. Good, great use case, exactly. And there was only one student from a developer perspective who continued working on it. Um, and I think like, we we had the hackathon in fall. He continued working in s- spring, and also by end of summer, he had something really good that he he posted on SiteQuest, um, mm-hmm. download and stuff, and he was selling it. I think nine ninety nine or something like that, nine dollars. Cool. So again, like I mean, that was we encouraged him, and yeah. we are still in touch with him. Um, but yeah, that that was a, a again a motivation on his part. Um, that that we were able to encourage and that the solution seems to work out well. So so that 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 was a a, a really good case. But I mean, uh, in the last year year and a half, we have tried mm-hmm. to be in touch with uh, the the past students and um, like right now we are looking at doing summer camps. Um, so again, we are trying to get in touch with these students if they want to either uh, run the scam or be a teaching assistant or anything like that. Again, a win-win solution. From a jobs perspective, it is still far off because we work with K-12, there's college and everything after that also. Um, But yeah, there are a few cases here and there where uh, students get really uh, hooked up to VR and they they, they want to, to jump onto it. Yeah, and and that's the thing is um, I mostly worked with a lot of colleges, um, getting like like USC, UCI, MIT, things like that. And so those been kind of they're kind of more ready to go. Um, yeah. And then you know, but taking your idea and building it out and doing it for a company and stuff. I mean, it's a great, great um, world experience. And they are get, uh, developers are getting a lot younger along the way. Um, when you're talking about the development piece and you're talking about creating these applications, do you do you besides the, the application itself, do you also add on like business developers and things like that? So in the hackathon, they're actually trying to make a business out of this or is it primarily build the application, show the application is primarily about the application. So is this a hackathon for the application or is this the hackathon for the business? Um, so it is uh, for the application, um, mm-hmm. the, the business, the, 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 the business side of things is like we, we, we try to be really upfront from a business perspective is like, you cannot expect magic to happen uh, yeah. in a day and day and a half. Something you can you'll get a prototype. That's mm-hmm. that's the best you'll get. Um, mm-hmm. But just think about some of the feedback that you are getting. 
uh, from from the students. So so uh, like as an example, one of the hackathons that we did, um, we had a nonprofit organization that was expanding. Um, they had some space bought to them by one of the football players um, for Kansas City Chiefs. And um, they were looking at uh, doing a, um, like, I think they were just re getting ready to submit the proposal um, to, to, to the city for approvals and stuff like that, whatever they were mm -hmm. thinking of. So it was a perfect use case because they were trying to expand the space uh, to create um, like things for after-school programs for middle and high school students. So a perfect use scenario where you have this open space, they are thinking about how to use this space. Yep. And um, we we were able to, from, from the architects, we were able to get the blueprints and kind of create um, a 3D model to it. Uh -huh. And uh, so we gave like, this is your starting point. This is an open space. Now you imagine how do you want to use the space? Of course, the sponsor gave feedback related with like, we are thinking about this and that and all that stuff. But students were able to think more in the sense they were able to think. So, so it's not what they build, but it's the ideas that was can transform to the from a business perspective. They were able to take in ideas. Um, the architects were able to think about it. And uh, okay, fine. This, this this seems to be really good. We should incorporate it. Or no, it doesn't look to be a good idea. Yeah. Not to think about it. So again, like that's that's the 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 kind of thing that we look for is uh, something for the business or the sponsor, um, so that they can they can achieve it or they can use it for for their publicity perspective, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, but something which can be practical for the students to build out the application. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it's like, you can feel if this idea is good. You don't necessarily need a business validator. You can just kind of check it and be like, okay, this, this, this seems like this has legs. What like for, for you, for what you're doing with this, with the, the VRO Casey's um, what's the Holy grail. What's the big vision. What is the, for you, the flag in the top of the sand, like, so what What do you, do you have a certain milestone you're trying to achieve by putting all of this together? Um, so yeah, we wanted to do more hackathons like these, pretty much spread it out across the country or across the globe. Um, we were, pre-COVID, we were planning for a Europe version of this particular hackathon to be held over there, uh, because a lot of times, I mean, what we have noticed and, and you have seen, you might have seen it too, is from a hackathon perspective, it's the, the energy that comes when you have people coming together in one space. Um, you can do it remote, uh, nothing wrong with that. Um, but that that energy multiplies tenfold or maybe more than that if you have people coming together in one space. Uh, so from that perspective, would love to have this uh, across the globe, across the world, <laughs> wherever we can. Um, we have a certain, like I would say, a playbook kind of a deal how these hackathons can be held um, and what the structure can be. But at the same time, you need to run these things on the ground level where you have to get schools involved and um, things can get really busy and hectic from a school perspective. So those connections need to be there. So there is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. um, that needs to be done at the ground level. Um, 
And from my side, I mean, personally, I think like uh, the VR AR technology is pretty amazing. And I mean, there is a lot and tons of uh, practical application right now, which we are seeing. But I mean, it's just getting the kids the curiosity. And who knows, there might be the next kid who might be building that $999 app that, that they are selling. So I mean, you have an entrepreneur at a high school level who's already doing this. Uh, I mean, I don't know what the future is, but at least they have done something really substantial at that young age. Love it. Yeah. And uh, it <clears throat> makes a sense. I mean, once you feel the magic of watching people build VR at a hackathon, you can get really infectious where you get super excited of what's possible. It's that constant novelty bump of, oh my God, that's so amazing. Right. People that get into VR, we're very much hungry for novelty. What's the next innovation? What's the next thing? What's the next technology? What can I try out? And that's like, that's when like, you know, old school VR, uh, DK ones. Oh my God, this is amazing. Oh, it sucks. And you get the DK two. Oh my God, three day tracking. Oh my God, it's incredible. Quest three, you don't need to complete these. So we're on this constant spike of novelty and innovation that gets us, it's really exciting. And so to be able to spread that globally, internationally across the park, uh, across the pond, we'll say, and be able to sign up a bunch of kids to, to get passionate and excited about this technology, I think could totally birth um, so much innovation. It's, it's incredible. Um, with, with all of that being said, that's the kind of the holy grail mission for you. What is the dragon? What is the big thing that prevents you from being able to make this successful? Can you talk to me about that? Um, so I, I mentioned to you that I've been a, a software uh, developer or an enterprise mm -hmm. consultant for, for all my professional career. And mm -hmm. I continue to work on that as a full-time job. And this is uh, something which I've kept it on the on the uh, on a side uh, uh, side rails uh, personally i am um, due to my immigration status i cannot uh, jump on this completely 100% so so that is another challenge for me uh, is to 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 if if i find my immigration situation is is completely uh, under control then i can make that transformation and spread this um, or uh, this to other places and other places and get more involved from a VR or even education perspective. Yeah. Um, so, so that, that's, that's my, one of my challenge. I have a young family. Um, so, so I have two, uh, two boys, two and six. So that is a, a highly demanding age <laughs> from, from a, a perspective and last one and a half year, two years, I mean, like, uh, you don't know which day is work from home and which day is everybody is at home kind of a deal. So, <laughs> so just, it's just that the balancing it out. And I think it's, it's right now, I think I'll just try to keep things going uh, as they are and keep pushing through it. But uh, uh, at the same time, I, I need to keep that balance uh, on a personal and professional level. Mm -hmm. uh, has your six-year-old tried VR yet? What about your two-year-old? Yes. Uh, yeah, six-year-old six, six, six has tried it. Uh, yeah. Two-year-old, not yet? Not yet, not yet. No, no. no. <laughs> what did you, you put the six-year-old in? Uh, so he played the, the 11, um, the the ping pong, uh, the table tennis game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he played that. Um, they, he had fun with it. Uh, but yeah, I try to keep it limited for him yeah. <laughs> because again, the devices are not meant for that young ages, uh, young age. So he's still far off. Uh, I had um, one of my uh, nephews came in during the holidays. 
he is in middle school and i think he uh, as the young kids were more playing um by themselves he was more interested in the headset <laughs> and getting access to the headset so so yeah i mean i think age appropriately uh, my, my, whenever my kids are older they will jump just, onto it it's just a taste you know it's like alcohol just a taste right just a just a just come on just try the shot little timmy no i i it's I agree, but there's a magic in it. Just give them a little bit of experience. Again, if you put them in for a couple of seconds, it's not it's not a big deal. Um, and they haven't seen a lot of issues with the eye things. You you might want to squeeze the Oculus eyes in a little bit, the IDP, so that you can have a better view for the kid. But um, you know, I, I I've I've put little ones in it, and it's funny to see their their tiny hands try to wrap around the controllers, you know, and holding <laughs> on, trying to like you're like. So it's 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 cool. It's it's magic. It's a little magic. Just a taste. Just a taste of magic right now until you grow up a bit. But uh. That's awesome, brother. Um, so with all of this being said, um, and this has been amazing uh, for you, uh, uh, can you let me know, is there anything else you'd like to let people know about before you tell them how to get a hold of you and what you do? Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, the biggest thing for us, like as I said, we, we try to partner with um, businesses or institutions who are looking for these kind of feedbacks that they might want to have from a product perspective or maybe as a service that they're trying to do uh, or something just they, they want to run by us and create an application uh, which might get feedback from the students. So we will be more than happy to, to engage with them. And again, it brings a new perspective to whatever they are doing. Um, again, it's not a, it's not going to be a final solution. So don't expect that much, <laughs> but definitely something that these kids will value and um, they will learn from it. And again, the, like we know that down the road, this technology and jobs related with this technology, they are already there. And they are going to expand quite a bit. So, so give, give these students a taste early on. Um, I'm not saying they're going to hang on to it all the time, but at least they they have they will get that experience, and who knows uh, from there where they can go and bring that solution in. Awesome, brother, uh, that's amazing. And so, um, and if people do want to reach out to you and contact you, how do they get a hold of you? Um, they can reach out to um, a website vrokcs.org. Uh, um, I can share my personal email address also. Uh, with you and that 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 would be helpful um i mean my first and last name at gmail.com um so that that's another place that they can reach out and i'll be more than happy to engage and have that conversation you know it's a real email when you know it's your first last name at gmail i'm gonna tell you that's a old, old school you got that invitation didn't you someone hooked you up in the, the, the old school google days and get like i'm in i got the name i love it man yeah, I don't have anything fancy, underscore, dot, or anything yeah, yeah. like that. It's <laughs> <laughs> cool, brother. All right, it's been an absolute pleasure, my friend. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate you doing the good work that you do, educating the next generation with this whole innovation weekend stuff. So uh, much love, my friend, and um, I will see you on the other side. All right. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks, Rohit. Take care, brother. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes Quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or, if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.